Nutrition Heretic Facebook Live Q&A All right, and we're live. And welcome to the Nutrition Heretic Facebook Live. I am sorry, everybody. I totally f***ed up on poor Dr. Terry Walls. She's our special guest for this week. And uh, you may remember her about a year ago. You were I didn't even realize it was yeah. about a year ago when we last spoke. Although I think your your episode released later than that. Uh, but yeah, it was about a year ago that we last spoke. And you um, you look fabulous. Uh, Thank your you. story. Tell, tell everybody your story for those of them sure. who either don't remember or don't know yeah. you at all. So I'm an academic internal medicine doc, uh, professor of medicine. Uh, and I thought, um, you know, complementary alternative medicine was a bunch of hooey, a lot of wasted uh, money and resources. And I was uh, very skeptical. Um, then I'm diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, being an academic doc, I'm going to treat my disease very aggressively. Uh, and so I use, see the best people in the country, the Cleveland Clinic, uh, take the newest drugs. And still within three years, my disease had transitioned. I need a tilt-recline wheelchair. I'm taking chemotherapy, still going downhill. Then I take that new, uh, very exciting drug uh, that's a biologic drug, uh, Tizabri. Continue to go downhill. Uh, I'm taking off that. I put on a different disease-modifying drug. And uh, it's really clear that the best medicine has to offer is not stopping the slide into a bedridden and quite possibly demented life. And that's when I began uh, reading the science, the basic science, and would begin experimenting on myself, at first with vitamins and supplements. I uh, switched to a paleo diet after uh, being a vegetarian for 20 years. Um, it, and I slowed the speed of my decline, um, but I, I was not getting better. I did figure out that if I missed my vitamins and supplements, I could not function at all, couldn't get out of bed. Um, and uh, I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine, took their course, had a longer list of vitamins and supplements. Uh, and, and then I had this really big aha moment, which I'm sure uh, you appreciate, uh, in that, you know, I should redesign my paleo diet to get the uh, nutrition from food that I was taking from uh, vitamins and supplements. Uh, so, again, that's more research. Um, uh, and I did that in the fall of 2007. Uh, and the transformation was really quite remarkable. At my worst, I could not sit up like I am now. Uh, I had uh, severe pain that was difficult to control. I was beginning to struggle with brain fog. Um, I had profound fatigue, was exhausted by 10 in the morning. And it was a struggle to walk, you know, 20 feet with two uh, walking sticks. Otherwise, I was in a tilt recline wheelchair, uh, in a zero gravity chair, in a recliner, or in bed. Right. I don't mean to sound facetious, but what was was it odd for you as a physician doing your rounds at the hospital or wherever in a wheelchair? Like, was did, tough. You feel, did you feel yeah. that you were like not inspiring confidence? In, um, in, <laughs> at <well>. all? <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, had my uh, bevy of uh, medical students uh, and residents that I was working with. Um, but yeah, that was certainly uh, challenging. Right, right. But, you know, and then it was remarkable. So I um, redesigned my diet, and within three months, my fatigue is uh, gone, my brain fog is gone, uh, my energy is clearly improving. At six months, I'm walking with the cane, uh, and at nine months, I get up on, I um, 
bike around the block first time in uh, probably about six years. Uh, and then at 12 months, I'm able to do a 20 mile bike ride with my family. Whoa. So I don't this, even do that. <laughs> yeah. So this really changes how I think about disease and health. It would change uh, the way I practice medicine. And it would ultimately change uh, the focus of the research that I do. And, right. and that, so that's 10 years ago. All this was happening uh, uh, 10 years ago. Right, right. So why did you feel compelled or what was it that made you say like, you know, just straight up paleo isn't doing it. I don't know if you were, at, you know, 10 years ago, if you were privy to like the GAPS diet, anything like yeah, that, yeah. you know, these these other kinds of diets. Um, you know, wh what was it that made you realize that there was still a place There's for to go. something else? Yeah. Somewhere well, else to go. you know, so the, the time is in 2000, I'm diagnosed in 2001. My actually to early 2002, my neurology physicians told me about the paleo diet. Uh, and at, as a vegetarian, 20 years, so I, I did read all these papers, read the books, and decided that it made sense. There's a scientific rationale, so I made that dietary change. I continued to decline, but I st stuck with it because I feared it could take a long time to repair all the damage. And at right. least I was, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I was doing something. And the, the only other diet that was out there for uh, MS was the Swank diet. Um, but I stayed with the paleo diet, added the vitamin supplements that was helpful. And then when I structured the paleo diet, you know, uh, we just had uh, these phenomenal results. Wow. Wow. Okay. So then um, your diet, I guess, you know, compared to some of the other diets that we've interviewed people with on yeah. the show, uh, that claim to be more, I shouldn't say more, but they claim to basically not, I'm going to use kind of harsh terminology, but not to be a life sentence, right? Because everybody's afraid, like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to have another birthday cake. I'm never going to be able to, you know, go out drinking with the guys, whatever their thing is. Right. Uh, is do you feel that this diet heals on the level that one day they can occasionally indulge in those things or well, is you know, it, it, it depends on the uh, circumstances. Uh, the diet's really designed to give great nutrition uh, for the brain, uh, for the mitochondria, to have all the building blocks we need to run the chemistry of life. Depending on the circumstance, they if they've developed a food sensitivity to the protein in grain called gluten, that sensitivity is never going to go away. If you've had a sensitivity, say, to uh, another food, uh, be it citrus or uh, tomatoes, and you take that out for six months, those sensitivities often go away. Uh, but sensitivity to the protein in wheat, rye, barley, once you're sensitized, you tend to have that forever. And if you've been sensitized to the protein in dairy, you'll likewise have that forever. The other sensitivities may, in fact, go away, however. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, one of the things I really appreciated about your protocol, and I love the fact that it's not a diet, it's a protocol, uh, that you've got three different levels of it, and you really streamlined it in a way that I haven't seen. I don't believe all the books that I've read, I don't believe I've seen anyone streamline it quite the way that you do. Um, in that, usually there's like a little asterisk that says, this is good for stage, you know, whatever of our diet, or this is, uh, you know, appropriate if you, you know, have, the, let's say, the, the gluten and dairy intolerance yeah. uh, type of thing. Uh, but what I really like is how you really give templates 
for for each recipe and 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 you and you give you know the three stages of severity i guess and how deeply you want to go now can you exp explain what those three sure. protocols are and how they apply to different individuals so uh, i uh, think about this from a public health perspective uh, and that most people are coming at it from a standardized western diet heavy in sugar heavy in grain low in vegetables uh, and so uh, the level one is you take out the gluten grain, ramp up the vegetables, uh, and that's really the big concept. I also suggest taking out um, uh, dairy because if you're sensitive to gluten, you're probably also sensitive to the dairy. So that's a step one diet. And, and really for 80% of the folks uh, that we see in our clinics, that has a, a marked improvement in health. Um, people have less pain, more energy, uh, blood sugars improve, blood pressures improve weight tends to melt away. And for many, that's all they need to do. Uh, if they have more serious health challenges or they, they wanna get uh, to the next level, then we talk about um, fermented foods, uh, organ meats, uh, I have them um, add some seaweed, uh, and we uh, talk about soaking and sprouting nuts. Um, and uh, again, another level of health improvement occurs at this next level. Uh, and then for uh, people who have uh, a severe neurologic problem, uh, uh, cognitive loss, uh, seizures, brain cancer, uh, cancer themselves, or a neurological problem that's not gotten adequately well on the level two, then we put them in a ketosis, uh, that's nutritional ketosis. So we up the fats, lower the carbs, lower the protein, uh, and uh, that's the next level diet. There's actually also a fourth level that's that's in there as well, and that's where you take out the nightshades, uh, right. tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, uh, and take out uh, uh, go grain free. Um, and for people who have rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, they'll probably have to uh, go to that level. So uh, gluten, I would remove permanently. Uh, right. Dairy, you likely will need to remove permanently, but you could. You could try after six months, seeing how well you do. And the uh, cheeses will be best tolerated. Uh, uh, dairy that is Guernsey, Brown Swiss, uh, goat will be better tolerated. Uh, right. The Holstein will be the least well tolerated. Um, uh, other foods that you take out for uh, three to six months, you may be able to reintroduce. So if you do have to take out the nightshades, uh, the uh, tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, likely you can reintroduce them uh, after three to six months. Uh, but if you take them out and reintroduce them, I would have them maybe once or twice a week. Uh, I would not try daily because uh, I think that's likely uh, to not go well. Yeah, I, I've all, uh, often recommended people go on to a, a rotational basis. So like, you know, yeah, one, I usually just say, I usually just say, just set one day of the week. That way it's no, it's no confusion. You know, Sunday's my tomato day, you know, or, or, or whatever. It's, the, right. it's much easier to keep track of. It's easier to exactly. live with that Exactly. And then you're not having it every other day. And then gradually you're having it three times a day again. Uh, yes. So let me see. I had a couple other questions for you. Oh, you have. Um, I you know what I was impressed with was your your <laughs> selection of smoothies because just when I thought that like you couldn't have come up with another smoothie recipe, <laughs> you had more. Um, what was what are some of the benefits of consuming the smoothies? What are you finding? Well, um, um, you know, how does that help people? 
Uh, a lot of folks are pressed for time. Uh, you know, my son and I were talking this morning. He says, you know, he can't really make breakfast and get to the gym in time. Uh, and so he, he's really glad to have his Vitamix out. So he uh, has a morning smoothie, uh, makes it all up, and then drinks his breakfast on the way to the gym. Uh, and so for many of us, uh, we're pressed for time in the morning. So a smoothie is a great way uh, to start the day uh, for that. Uh, it's also a really lovely way to get more greens very easily uh, into your day. And, and when we're first getting our kids fired up about vegetables, uh, it can be easier for kids. Uh, for example, the green goddess smoothie where you have parsley, green grapes, you put that together. Uh, it's really quite lovely. Um, and I, I remember when my daughter was uh, in high school uh, as a sophomore, uh, I, I went and gave a talk to her uh, sophomore biology class and I made uh, green goddess smoothies for them. And the kids were like, well, you know, actually this does taste pretty good. So, um, so it, it's another way of uh, having uh, vegetables uh, that are easy to prepare, consume, uh, and are probably more acceptable uh, to our kids. Right. Well, actually, I you, you just gave me an idea because I've taken over uh, teaching uh, just real food cooking classes to kids in my in uh, at my kids school. And, uh, you know, we're just we're doing all kinds of ethnic foods and, and what have you. But really just anything that gets them introduced to the fact that, you know, it doesn't have to come under plastic and it doesn't have to, you know, be uh, just all this processed stuff or powders, you know, a lot of the the uh, foods that they were preparing it with their previous teacher were, you know, just nut butters and powders. Yeah. And so I'm trying to show them stuff like that. So uh, we may, you know, I was kind of shying away from like the juicing, but then I'm thinking, you know, smoothie, like some of the ones that you have may just be the ticket to introduce to them. Um, so now here's something that I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised with, which is that you have chocolate cacao in, in your recipe. It could recipe. be very yummy, yeah. yeah. Not not carob, because you know a lot of a lot of anti-inflammatory diets and um, you know uh, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Um, I guess it's the one that Gaps is based on, which is I'm totally drawing a blank on it right now. Yeah. But you know a lot of these diets will tell you uh, that you cannot have chocolate; you would have carob instead. Uh, what are the benefits there, and what what do you well, see as acceptable? So uh, chocolate has a lot of uh, polyphenols in it that are uh, really great antioxidants. Um, uh, now, you want to be sure that it's organic because uh, conventionally grown uh, cacao has uh, a lot of uh, pesticide herbicide use with it. Uh, but the organic uh, uh, cocoa uh, has great antioxidant levels, uncomparable uh, to blueberries. Uh, and so uh, this really uh, can be a very nourishing food. Uh, you don't want to have a lot of dairy and sugar with it, uh, but you know I'll I'll make a uh, lovely smoothie uh, with a green banana, uh, cocoa, a cinnamon, uh, and uh, coconut milk, uh, and it you know it, this feels like a, a dessert. And, and if I add a little uh, 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 flaxseed to it, I can make it into a chocolate pudding and an avocado. Uh, also, it just feels like a lovely, lovely dessert. So right. No reason to not have cocoa as long as it's organic. Might right. as well enjoy awesome. it. Yeah. And, you know, your your book also goes beyond uh, just the day-to-day -day because you know, it's very easy for someone to put together their diet book and say, you know, eat this, 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 and that. 
And, you know, they usually they give you some kind of, you know, lame guidelines about like when you go to a restaurant, ask for this. But, you know, nine times out of 10, that's not even available in a lot of areas. Right. Some of those options you talk, you know, you look, you talk to the server about how you'd like your food prepared or what you don't want on it. And they look at you like a deer in headlights because they've never heard of that before. Right. Uh, but you give not only you, you, you give people their lives back. So, you know, the, the, the holidays, the birthdays, Halloween, um, you talk about summer barbecues, like all of those things and how they can still stay true to this, mm -hmm. but live in that world as well. And, you know, and I also uh, am mindful that uh, the people I took care of in my clinics uh, were sometimes living on food stamps. So we talked about how to do this uh, economically. We talked about uh, the limits of time that I assume that people are, are working and that they would like to be eating uh, within half an hour, so within 40 minutes of starting. Uh, and so uh, that's a hallmark of, as I think about this, I want people to uh, be able to cook without exotic ingredients uh, and be able to uh, get food on the table uh, quickly. Right, right. And actually one thing I really loved was in the, the Halloween um, uh, recipe, you know, well, section, you talk about the fruit jigglers. And oh I yeah, think, and you know what I like about that is that it has a very like old timey feel to it. So when we were kids, you actually you know Easter time you dip the eggs and you do all of that stuff together. There's not a lot of those kind of things going on anymore. So it seems like it's you know especially if you're you know you have children in your life that it gives you that one on one time with them that maybe a lot of people aren't getting anymore with some, with some of these, you know, preparing the holiday meals and, mm -hmm. and having to do all of this stuff yourself. You know, and I do talk about, uh, and again, when I teach my classes, um, people are asking like, how do I get my kids involved doing this? And so I'll ask, so uh, do your kids play video games? And they'll go, yes. Do they have smartphones? Yes. I said, okay, those kids, therefore can be helping you uh, with household chores. They can be helping you set the table, prepare the meals shop and they should be doing chores because these are life skills we need to pass on to our children we need to teach our our, our kids to feel comfortable uh, growing into these adult responsibilities and to feel comfortable uh cooking plus it's a whole lot easier uh, while you're making it together to talk about how school went and and to discuss life in your own life over a task than over the table that feels like an inquisition and that's very uncomfortable. Right. But if you're sitting at the table, uh, uh, making the salad, uh, and you're having a conversation over the task, it's just much more comfortable. Right. And, and I think every parent knows that, you know, like, for example, if my kids get in the car and I say, how was your day? Yeah, I get grunts and all of that. But as soon as I get ready to work or, you know, start dinner, then they're just, da, 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 and I can't get anything done. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's when uh, it kind of takes the the, um, the the backdrop right to, you know, to the conversation. You're, you're talking about your task and then just sort of accidentally ease into conversations about about life and whatever's going on. And that's far more comfortable. Right. I, absolutely. I, I grew up on a farm and, and I realized that, you know, we're always we're always working, doing chores and tasks and building stuff. And um, that was really uh, quite a, a gift to be able to have all of that time uh, with extended members of your family. 
uh, talking as you were doing that work. Right, right, totally. I can, I can definitely see how that would uh, strengthen the family unit yeah. uh, to, to have those shared experiences. Um, another thing that you go into, again, because you even say at the outset of the book that you really, you know, you're giving people like a complete lifestyle plan. So you're also, you're beyond just the food and the holidays, you're talking about body care, dental hygiene, uh, just, you know, everything, how to make your own shampoo, household cleaning, taking care of your pets, you know, what's, what's best for them. Uh, are yeah. these, you yeah. know, I, 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 a lot I, of our personal care products have uh, a lot of chemicals added to them that uh, we absorb through our skin and interfere with the hormonal signaling. Uh, so I talk about that in the book and explain that uh, these personal care products are incredibly easy to make, easy to prepare, uh, and really much, much safer for us. And again, it's, it's a very fun family activity. Right. So as a former vegetarian, I'm, I'm just going back to what you were, you've mentioned it twice before, that you were a vegetarian for 20 years, and now you've gone the, the complete opposite. And we've had no shortage of, of people who are pretty much forced to eat a paleo diet because vegetarianism is strict or not strict as um, adherent as they were to the principles of, of, you know, getting yeah. actual nutrition in as opposed to the, the uh, crapitarians, you know, who just eat whatever, whatever it doesn't have animal products in it. Um, would you, would you say that, I mean, would, do you have difficulty supporting people when they say, I want to stick to my vegetarian diet and well, do this? You know, uh, my uh, research assistant in my first study was a vegetarian and still is a vegetarian for religious beliefs. Uh, okay. And so that really forced me to think pretty deeply about this and realize that um, I, I needed to provide guidance for people who were, gonna, who were committed to staying vegetarian for, for their uh, religious and personal beliefs. Um, so I wanted to show them okay, if you're going to do this, here's how you do it more safely. Here's how we can make sure you have sufficient nutrition. Here's how we can reduce your risk of food sensitivities. Here's uh, uh, all the things that we can do to have you still have great health. Um, and so my first level diet can be done as a vegetarian, vegan, or a meat eater. Uh, okay. And I also point out that if you're not careful, even the paleo eaters can still make themselves ill. And my ketogenic uh, eaters can make themselves ill. So the reality is all of us can screw it up if we aren't paying attention. Um, I, I, do, I love the paleo diet. I think it's uh, a, a very healthful diet. But my paleo friends who got the you-could-eat-meat message, some of them did hear the and you're supposed to eat mostly vegetables message. Right. All right, folks. Actually, she's got she's to run right after this, but I do want – you all to know that her book name is right there. It's The Walls Protocol, Cooking for Life. It is available on her website at terrywalls.com. Oh, you're back. I was just letting people know where they can find your book on your website. Thank you. And uh, because I know that you've got to go, and uh, I apologize again for starting late, but uh, again, the book is The Walls Protocol, Cooking for Life. Her name is Terry Walls at terrywalls.com. Uh, at slash about dash v dash walls dash protocol. All right. And find all of her books there. 
It'll be good. We'll have a uh, a big event every fall. Uh, every summer in August, we have a uh, live Wallace Protocol seminar that goes for three days. And uh, oh. we'll have uh, links up for that uh, probably the next month that people will be able to begin uh, to learn more about next year's event. So it, and is that in your neck of the woods in Iowa? It's in Iowa. And I'm right now just sending out my speaker invites and confirming who's going to uh, be speaking. Um, we're going to have uh, some uh, uh, folks, uh, neurology folks talking there. Uh, we'll have uh, a couple of pediatricians this year. We're going to have uh, a, a bunch of uh, conversations about Hashimoto's, uh, about uh, uh, bioidentical hormones. And in fact, um, I think I have someone uh, coming who's going to talk about uh, functional medicine and stem cells. Uh, so it's to be a uh, very exciting uh, and uh, uh, always uh, a lot of fun, and our goal this year is to uh, uh, see if we can get up to 300. Uh, wow. Last year we had 200, and six countries represent, so we'll see what we can okay. do uh, next year. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for putting your work out there and for sharing it with the world because we need more voices like you, um, particularly because of, no offense, the academics who, <laughs> who think that it's a, bunch yeah. of, it's a bunch of bunk. But, um, you know, I, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I'm not the most religious person, but I do think of, of disease as a blessing. And it's our wake up call to do something different. So, um, uh, oh, she, oh, sorry, uh, Marilee, you wanted to know if the information about the uh, event is on her website. It will be within the next month, she said. Yes, we have last year's event up. You, you can get tickets for next year, um, but we'll have the lineup and details about next year's event. Uh, probably the next month it'll be coming up. And, and are you doing any recordings or or anything that people can um, purchase if they can't get there? Uh, you know, um, download, downloads, anything like that. We will. We are investigating the feasibility of doing that. Uh, so uh, the answer is I don't. I don't know yet, but I'm right. hopeful that we'll be able to uh, include that. All right, fantastic. All right, any any more parting words before I let you go? Hail to the camp. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and have a fantastic evening. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.